Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. I'm Caleb. I'm Mark. And I'm Eric. And we're three best friends from high school who've spent the last 10 years in the film industry and realized that freelancing can be a lonely business. So we built the video community, a place where filmmakers on all parts of their journey can come together and empower each other's growth and success. In this episode, we interview action sports filmmaker Maxime Moulin. With Max, we talk about being a team player and utilizing the strengths of your team the things you really want to be known for as a filmmaker, regardless of the project, and Max opens up about his personal struggles as a freelancer and how he overcomes to move forward. Welcome to the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. You know, um, the gear is important uh, sometimes. People yeah. want, love to, uh, to talk about gear and stuff. <laughs> People do love to talk about gear. Yeah. We don't we don't actually on this podcast talk about it very yeah. often. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it's good. It's not, not really it's important on some point, but not the, the main point. Yeah. 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 I remember when my friends from the production company uh buy the first red one, we were all around the case. There is the, the camera, but <laughs> we have no lens. Yeah, so it's just a box. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we were watching the, the body and like, ah, uh, oh, this is red, yeah. But we have no lens. <laughs> yeah, um, yep, and then we have that and... Uh, just a giant cube. <laughs> yeah, it's just a cube, yep, all righty. Yeah. <laughs> was red That's proprietary right. back then? Did you have to have red lenses? No, this was uh, just uh, PL lenses. PL, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah but they yeah, were okay. very expensive and we spent mm-hmm. all the money on the camera, so... <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, right now it's very easier because you just put the Canon lens and yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, another funny story. Let's yeah, let's let's hop right in. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. In this episode, we have a special guest straight from France, Maxime Moulin. Max, welcome to the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. Thank you. I'm really pleased to be there with you and talk a, a bit about my journey in the filmmaking. So one of the ways we always like to start a podcast is the the origin story, the genesis, the beginning. So let's find out yours. What <laughs> is your origin story? I'm not a guy that have the dream of being a filmmaker since I was a kid and I have a camera in my hand, you know, that's <laughs> not really like this i used to uh, to make sports and skiing and i was really uh, into that and i was in love with mountain and skiing but i was not living in a place for this so uh, when i graduated from high school i chose to go to a, a city in the mountain called Grenoble. This was for my university. At that time, I was studying geography and uh, sports economy. Beside that, I was a coach, uh, a snowboarder coach for oh, wow. the students at the university. And uh, I started to make video with my friends, pretty much like that, that it all started. Yeah, I was doing video with my friends. I think that it started because... Uh, I always wanted to create stuff. This is uh, what I wanted to do is creating story before everything. I was not a good photographer. I was not good at sound, but I had the feeling that everything, when you uh, put it together, 
you can make something, you can yeah. create. That is the starting point. My background story from that is uh, when I was young, I watched a lot of movie with my parents and I watched a lot of skiing and snowboarding movie. I had uh, something in my head always. It built something. So when I started to make video, I was like, I will try to do the same, like the bigger production I, I saw uh, on the ski movie and snowboard movie. But I don't have the, the gear, I don't have uh, the knowledge, so <laughs> I have to learn everything. But at the end, when I will make my video, I will try to have my own story into the video. And this was really the point I wanted to have. So uh, yeah, making my own video with my own stories. Yeah. And wow. then three or four years later, I was graduated from the university and uh, I saw a contest for video maker and I won this contest and this contest <laughs> bring me to another contest, uh, wow. a, a, a very big contest in Chamonix, the biggest place in France for mountaineering. And there I was uh, the video maker for a brand called Julbo. They make sunglasses and they uh, bring me all the best athletes they have. We had five or six days to make a video. And nice. this was a contest. So it means that there is four more uh, teams in terms oh, yeah. of, prof of uh, professional uh, people I know uh, uh, before because I was watching their video and I was there like uh, knowing nothing and knowing <laughs> nobody. And uh, I had five or six days to make a video with, with all my team. This was the, the very, very beginning. So at the ah. end of this contest, I didn't win because the other were way better. <laughs> but I, I, I want something for me. The fact that I was at the end of my school uh, courses and I uh, had to choose my way. So in one month thinking about that and I choose trying to make video. Let's do it. Let, let's try. I was lucky enough that my girlfriend at that time was okay with me. And she told me, yeah, we, we got nothing to lose. So try it. Yeah. And 10 years later, and I'm still there. Heck yeah. I'm not, you know... There is people that can talk a lot about them and they sell anything to anyone. And I was not like that. I have to make sure I, I know what I want to do and I know what I want to sell to the people. So it takes time to be okay with, with uh, who you are and what you are able to do. For me, it, it took time. You covered a lot of great ground. I mean, finding the beauty of the multimedia that is filmmaking, having a combination of different art yeah. forms coming together and like that's a draw. Being story oriented, story first always. I mean, I think that's yeah. really important. I, I think a good story trumps any other cinematic element. If you're seeing a good narrative, if you feel empathetic towards the people you're viewing i think that overcomes many shortcomings and i think that's something a lot of young filmmakers that i would encourage them to understand that it is it should be story first we are at a story-based medium so as you're learning skills learn those skills by telling good stories so be story focused so i i love that i think that that's that's great. And also the support structure, having a girlfriend who was willing to yeah. encourage and support you uh, yeah. right out of college to pursue something like this to, to give this a fair shake and a good try. Um, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but that is so, so, so important. Having positive people around you, encouraging you, 
in the beginning so you can get that foothold. And that's the power of community, both other filmmakers or friends and family. You need it, especially as a young artist, you really, really need it. I was going to jump right into that next phase of um, once you've decided this is what I'm going to do. What was that process like getting some clients right at that point and kind of going from there? I think I've been lucky on this because I get clients from the, the competition because I yeah. met people from a famous production company in France. They were making ski movie at that time. I was a big oh, fan yeah. of them. Each time they drop a video on internet, uh, I was watching it and oh, how how we make it at the edit and uh, how we film that. And uh, I was trying to learn from what I saw on the internet from them. One day uh, I met them, those people. And they told me that we can work together and uh, they helped me a lot. And I spent six or seven years working with them and making movies. Now we have different ways of seeing the filmmaking and we are more established. So we work a little bit less together, but they are still my friends and my old friends in the industry. And it's cool. Yeah, yeah. actually, you know, I want to I want to go back to a, a couple things that you've brought up over the last couple minutes. One thing I just want to say that I respect and, and I think is great is that you you started out of the gate making the type of videos you want to make well, based on your origin story. Passion. Like, yeah, like outdoors and that's where athleticism is in your DNA. And you took that into like how you wanted to create your video. And what was cool about that, and this is why I want the listeners to really be thinking about that, is so you had a production company you looked up to. You had people creating things that you wanted to be like. So you went out and you were creating these videos, these, these outdoorsy, adventurous type videos, and it opened the doorway for you to not only meet but work with people that you look up to. And you said that as of late, like you guys have kind of grown apart a little bit in style and stuff. But that is also cool to me because you guys are still friends. You still have a lot of respect for each other. But just as you've blossomed as a filmmaker, it's taking you a different direction. And I think that's a very important and cool thing to understand, too. It's like you look up to this team. You got to know them. You're friends now. You worked with them. And now your career is taking you somewhere else. And there's so much respect in that mutual respect and just like respect for yourself to honor yeah. that. I think that's very cool and very important to know. Yeah. One of them is called Antoine. And uh, Antoine is still one of my favorite editor and cinematographer in the uh, Yeah. So maybe tomorrow if I have a big project and I need someone on the, the the ground and to film action sports I, I, I will call him because we are friends uh, I trust him I don't need to say anything to him I know he, he will do the job perfectly so yeah, yeah I think it's a lot about this because friendship and people you trust are the the most uh, important things yeah so, well. uh, along the way you, uh, you build a team around you people you trust and people that you know that they will not be uh, toxic to the project and just have positive. Yeah. yeah. I, I, All this is just a testament to the power of community and yeah. how important it is for you to build and find your community. Yeah. And yeah, it's like you are who you surround yourself with, right? Surrounding yourself with people who, who understand, who can encourage, who support in whatever facet that you need or that uh, how you reciprocate that to them. I mean, it creates a stronger relationship and then it ends up creating a stronger project when you bring these people on. Yeah. Chemistry is important. Chemistry is yeah. very important. Yeah. Yeah. People aren't going to want to necessarily work with you again, even if you are really good at what you do, if you're like, 
yeah. I don't know, a total diva or yeah, main yeah. on set or something. Yeah. Yeah. But this is something I learned because at the beginning I uh, started to make a project with a skier and uh, I go um, on a lot of trip with him and his team. And yeah. uh, I learned how to live with people at that time. Yeah. Because, uh, before that, I, I've never go outside of France, never been on a long trip with people. So yeah. uh, working with this guy and, the, and his team teach me a lot about the way you have to live with uh, people, how to be uh, always a good person with the, yeah. the other one. And it's really important because uh, when you're making a video, when you're making movie, you always have to work with a team. So if you know how to work with people, if you know how to be uh, gentle and you know how to take the best from the people, your whole team is going to be uh, better. I think that I'm a director on, on most of my projects. And I think that you are like the chief. You have to, uh, to take the best of everyone. That's or, great. Or yeah. Yeah. Lean on the strengths of your team to create yeah. the best product possible. Yeah. Absolutely. What would you say over the last 10 years has been the biggest hurdle or obstacle that you've had to overcome? Other than yeah. uh, giant cliffs on yeah. the mountain. Uh, yeah. Other than big old mountaintops and, uh, and leaping off steep ledges, other than that madness. No, I, I think I always have the same from the beginning. It's the fear that I will not have jobs anymore. Every year, maybe two or three times in the year, I'm like, oh, uh, I don't know what I uh, I'm going to do in two months, yeah. uh, maybe in three months, and uh, maybe nobody uh, will uh, want to work with me anymore. This is the biggest problem I have. It's the fact that I don't know what I will do uh, in a few months. It's a big challenge. And yeah. I think the other one is the fact that I'm not someone that sells anything. So this is one of the challenges I have. It's yeah. how to sell myself, how to talk about me, how to find new clients. And I tried stuff, but it's hard to know what will work and what is working. So, yeah. I think those two things are probably the most relatable problems for, for creatives like us. Yeah. Like coming to those moments where, you know, work gets a little thin and you're thinking, you know, is this, is this going to keep working? And then, yeah, as well, like learning how to sell yourself. The vast majority of us creatives, I think, are like that and have to learn how to do that and it's very uncomfortable at first and yeah. probably stays yeah. uncomfortable for a yeah, while. I, I think when you're a filmmaker, when you're a freelancer, this is this will always be something in your head that what will be my job in two months or two weeks. And yes. yeah. But this is why I always stick to the plan. Like I want to make the video I want to do. This is why I, I choose to stay in the niche like the other sports and stuff like that. From that niche, putting some video out that can be uh, commercial and uh, documentary or different stuff from that niche. And maybe someday someone will see it yeah. and, and will say, this is what we want to do for our whole project. And I think it's, it's working because what I have done in the past lead me to the project I have now. So... Yeah, stick to the plan and do do your stuff like uh, you want to do it. If it's good enough, maybe we'll, someone will see it and we want. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, make the work that you want to be making to attract the clients you want to work with. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're not looking to do. 
a talking head interview in a corporate office somewhere. You want to be making outdoor mountaineering videos or, or people flying off a cliff. So when you're making work that leans into what you want to be working, what you want to be doing, the clients who resonate with that, the ones that are looking for that will find you because that, that's the beacon that you are putting out. Yeah, You're showcasing the work you want to be building by building it which is great. So talking about these things that plague creatives, like the, the selling aspect, like, do you have any strategies that you use for yourself to help break you out of these thought patterns? So when you have one of those moments where you're worried about work for the future, is there anything that you do to help kind of like put you back on track looking ahead? First, uh, stop watching Instagram. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, this is a big problem because when you watch social media, you, uh, you feel like everybody has a lot of jobs and working all yeah. day and every day and you do nothing you are you are just in front of your computer and it's total uh, yeah. yeah you go uh, down that rabbit yeah, hole you go waste down, so yeah. much time so yeah. when i when i'm in, the, in that feeling that i don't know what i will do in a few weeks or months or i have a little bit of fear about my jobs i stop watching <laughs> the people but uh, also my friends because uh, yeah and uh, we all know that it's kind of fake because uh, right now I can post something that I'm shooting, but uh, I'm not. I'm here, and uh, so yeah, yeah. Even if you know it's it can be fake, it yeah, still it messes is, with uh, your yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the yeah. other thing is that every year I spend a lot of time thinking about how I want to uh, talk about me. So I work on my website, I work on my Vimeo, uh, and I work on my social media too. It's kind of for the, the production company and uh, the agency. When they call you, they call you because you know how to do something. So if you shoot skateboard, you will be a skateboard cinematographer for all your life. You know? Yeah. And I'm shooting ski and mountain. So for everybody, I'm just doing just this. <laughs> so that's not really very true because I'm doing a lot of stuff too. But sometimes I need to show a lot of skiing and mountain cinematography and stuff. But sometimes yeah. I choose to show uh, other things so people can see that I know how to do other things. And, yeah. Uh, like I remember, I think the video that you actually had posted that I first saw was the ping pong yeah. company video. And uh, then it, like, I came in and saw that all your other stuff was the, was snowboarding and skiing and all that, but it was actually the ping pong one that pulled me in at oh, first. Yes. That was a great one. I, I love that video. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. But to get a film like this and a project like this, you have to show other things that just skiing and stuff like this yeah and i would say it's the same for someone that make a music video or only a dark video with a dark cinematography nobody yeah. will call him for a, a sunny lifestyle shot so yeah. yeah sometimes you have to go on the side and try other things if you want Absolutely. to get some new clients but it doesn't mean that you don't have to have your style in it and you have to, you can still have your own style. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. For sure, like your aesthetic that you formulate just over time yeah. throughout the work that you do. And yeah, that's a very good point. Like, you know, there's, it's good to have like a specialty, right? What yeah. most of your work is or what you enjoy the most. But it's also good that I don't, I don't think I've met a single filmmaker who has only made one type of video. Somewhere yeah. along the way, for some reason, for whatever it is, has had to take work outside what they would consider their specialty. 
So it's good to have some work or some samples or being open about when you do things like that. So it opens up new doors. You're absolutely right. People just, when people are looking to hire someone, they want to hire someone that they know can do what they need because they've done it before. Yeah. I think, uh, I think as creatives too, we, uh, most of us probably want to experience different things over time as well and not accidentally box ourselves in to one, one specific thing. Yeah. 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 Right. And and it's good for the mind because uh, when you try stuff, you learn new skills, you learn something new. And this is something you can bring back to the original project you, you, you are making to the, your original aesthetic. It's always good to go outside. Yeah. 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 Flex different muscles, hone new skills, try, just try things out. Right. I mean, a lot of us got into this for the artistic and creative element. So sometimes to keep things fresh, taking something outside what you typically make is a breath of fresh air. It's yeah. a chance just to do something new, maybe just to meet new people. Could be yeah. any number of reasons that that motivate. I was so, going to mention that as well. Yeah, just to even meet people in different spaces. And you know, you you touched earlier in this episode about um, really spoke on how important networking has been for you in your in your path this far um, and your journey because that kind of was how you got your first clients after that that competition was getting to know some people there and then being uh top of mind for them for them to give you a call it's about knowing people relationships networking i think if i uh, add in kind of one of my strategies too for those those moments when you're kind of feeling like oh my gosh is this going to continue to work that's one of my strategies is to just get out and meet some new people and and go make some relationships because that's how you get new connections and new work i think it's also good to have your name known for the best things and uh this is why on all my projects, even if it's a big budget or a lower budget, I always put the same aesthetic. I always want to have the finest color grading, the finest sound design. This is important for me because it's something I'm making and I don't want it to be uh, bad. Yeah. Uh, even, even if it's a big budget or a lower budget, the only thing that changed is the time I can spend on it. But at the end, the product will be mostly uh, the same. It's my work, so I want it to be uh, like all my best work. Yeah, honestly, I think that's a really good point to make too. Whether it's a giant budget or a shoestring budget, there are so many things that are unanimous to both sides, the skill sets required the process of how it gets done. You're right. At that point, it's just some of the complexities, like how how much time can you spend? How many people are on the team? Like some administrative things, but it boils down like being a filmmaker, whether you have a ton of money or no money at all, most of it is still the same. So putting your best foot forward, creating your aesthetic in the way that you do best. I mean, all those things, all those apply to whatever money is behind the project. And I think it's very important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the state, right? How do you take the the low budget and make it look big budget? How do you how do you how do you push the box, the envelope with what what you have to create the best product possible? Yeah. I mean, yeah. most of what we do as filmmakers is solve problems. That's at least half of our job. I would argue yeah. three quarters sometimes. Yeah. Just solving problems. All right. Totally. What is one piece of advice? that you would give to an up-and-coming filmmaker who's looking to to kind of at that point where you were looking to make this uh, make the decision to go full-time with this one one piece of advice for them to, to help them in that that journey 
the best for uh, a newcomer is to uh, make a lot of video and to take every project he can take and on every project trying to make something new trying to work on the aesthetic and trying to have the project very very uh, well made if you do a lot of projects and all those projects are very well made and they represent who you are and what you want to do maybe it's the best way to grab new clients yeah. to have a good portfolio to have a nice website, to have nice content on the social media. So uh, yeah, you have to be proud of everything you are making. That is the best way to start. So get out there, create and create well. I yeah, like. but sometimes it's hard to just get out and make video. Like yeah. for me, I'm, I never make video like this. Like uh, I, I grab my camera and I go out and I find something. I, I, I can't make this. And I think this is because I'm not like a photographer. Like I said at the beginning, uh, I, I really need something to say in my video. So yeah, yeah so if you just work for your clients, just make beautiful video for your clients and video you are proud of. And yeah. uh, uh, this, is, this is the best because if you are not proud of what you are doing, who will be proud of it? You know, I love that. Yeah. If you're not proud of it, like, yeah, if you don't love what you do, how is anyone else going to love what you do? Yeah. yeah. I like it. Do it for you. Yeah. It's good. Max, this has been a great conversation. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I know it's late where you're at, so we don't want to take up too much more of your evening. Yeah. Max, how can people follow you in your future adventures? Follow me on uh, Instagram. And that's, yeah, uh, yeah Maxime Moulin, M-A-X-I-M-E-M-O-U-L-I-N. Give him a follow. Beautiful stuff. For all you listeners out there, if you haven't already, follow, like, subscribe, however it works in the platform you're listening. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Stay safe, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Ambitious Filmmaker. Have something you want us to talk about? Interested in chatting with like-minded filmmakers? Join the conversation over at our free Facebook group and subscribe to our Instagram. Just search The Video Community. We'll see you next time, and remember, always be creating.